American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going, Reject Nation? John here. What you guys are about to listen to is our Moon Knight Episode 5 review, breakdown, and just overall discussion. Uh, right on the heels of having finished Episode 5 in the wee hours of the morning, uh, this was the best episode of the season as far as I'm concerned. I think Greg would definitely agree. And an all-timer in terms of just visual on-screen Marvel MCU entries. Uh, this was really something special. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, one thing you'll notice is that unfortunately, Koi Jandro, our uh, good friend and resident comic book expert, was not able to join us this week. He said he doesn't care anymore. It's not worth it. He's not a part of the Reject Nation. So uh, wherever you use the internet, go find Koi and send him some hate. No. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Uh, Koi, unfortunately, was called in to do some uh, some last-minute but very important stuff. He had a scheduling conflict, and, you know, things happen. We made do without him. But, uh, you know, Koi will be back next week. We love, love, love Koi dearly. But I think Greg and I had a, had a really terrific discussion about this, and I think it is one of our just favorite discussions of the season as well so i hope you guys enjoy just as much as we did and uh yeah greg coy and i will all catch you next week for the season finale crazy to think it's almost already here but for right now if you guys would like to tune in and experience the episode with us you can check out the reaction highlights over on our youtube channel or grab your own copy come on over to our patreon page sync up with us at patreon.com slash the real rejects watch the full length watch along and pretend like you're here in the room with us enjoy that juicy intro and uh, we'll see you on the other side all right guys mm. I really feel like this is gonna be the best discussion we've ever had thank God Koi's not here to yeah, ruin it Jesus for everyone Christ talking so fast you can't even hear the points it's like we don't need you don't need to shut up Ooh, all your comic shut books up. that you read this isn't the time Koi <laughs> place <laughs> um, no I like uh, to be totally frank like this this hits all the cylinders of everything that I particularly am very much gravitated towards in any medium no matter what it be comic book show or whatever I'm this is if uh, I my, my passion in life is actually writing and if you've ever read anything I've ever written <laughs> I would this if there was a Marvel episode I would have written would have been this one except all the Egyptian stuff I wouldn't know what to do with that but <laughs> all the other things I'm like yeah that's like my jam right there Absolutely. that's what I love <laughs> that's the stuff I love and it's cool watching this and like my thoughts just start to Firing because I start seeing all this like connective tissue of what they're doing with this character with these traumatic wounds of of guilt 
and shame and watching how the recreation of certain things happens with like with the psychological recreation meaning you attract you know um uh, people or events situations that basically regurgitate those exact feelings and it's like I was thinking about the situation with Layla, how she's not like Mark's mom. You know, that old cliche of, you know, you date your parents or something like that, if, especially if you have unresolved issues with them. You, you attract someone who that will like, it's like you would think you'd be in an abusive relationship or something like that, yeah. right? And what, what I found fascinating was the last time we saw Layla, was her blaming him for the death of her dad and how she then abandons him or like doesn't abandon him but is rejected and turned like it's obviously not going to be the same from here on out and that's a very different circumstance versus when he his brother died and his mom blamed him for that and held that against him so it's a fascinating parallel to end it on on that exact note despite the fact that the relationship dynamics are very different between them so uncovering that package and what i think what they're doing with harrow is the the psych war harrow dr harrow mm -hmm. the one comic reference i could i could pull is that at one point mark's dad does take him to like i believe it, a psychiatrist or doctor or some yeah. some doctor who specializes in this because he discovers that he has a split personality or has did mm -hmm. or, or something of that effect and you know, they say that this hospital is in Chicago where Mark is from. And so I think this is a projection of that doctor that he was speaking with. So this is all like childhood traumatic wounds and watching how that ripple effect is carried over into his entire life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really like awesome shit. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it really is. <laughs> and they created such immersion and, and such a well-blended psychological mind-bender but with, you know, a, a good amount still of wonder and, you know, MCU magic around the periphery. And it's cool because it's an episode that has so much to do with all the circumstances that have happened up until this point and some of those people and yet it it absorbed me to the point where I wasn't even really thinking about the other episodes or or you know connecting specific references it was it was a wonder and a joy and and you know it despite it being sort of painful to dive in so headlong to these characters and to make it so that I feel like that's just a good dramatic device is you know in order to figure out whatever MacGuffin or, or, or you know ticking clock is at hand we need to dive into ourselves and we need to clear some sort of trauma or confront something or, or move some kind of emotional baggage and they've really made Steven and Mark and, and everything that that entity is really gripping and really touching and really poignant and resonant and like I, I think in the in the comic that this draws heavily from you know like Steven is is an imaginary friend at first that becomes you know the the other personality and here I thought it was so such a wonderful choice to make his origin the 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 kernel of the moment that he becomes here is portrayed as a direct kind of response to this this horribly painful event and I, I love that you know I mean they were talking about the show as being heavy and I think it's easy to associate that with violence and 
even in the ending moments where you see Mark, you know, sort of, you know, in that origin that we'll get to surely in a moment, you know, where he's on the steps underneath the Khonshu statue, like, you know, there's that blood and it is, you know, harsh again, it is stark, but I, I love that the heaviest stuff is the emotion of all this and, and the exploration and the, and the confrontation of just how harsh of a life this guy has had and how you could point at any one of these moments and go, that's the origin, but but they're all kind of the origin of what is right now. Yeah. And I think that was really beautifully handled in an episode that, again, you have this, you know, sort of uh, transition at the end of episode four and you spend the entire time, you know, sort of oscillating within the realms, all anchored by this, you know, this um, what do they call it? You know, the, the, the construct to organize all that, you know, for your mind and making that be this hospital. I thought it was, it was like, this, you know, the promise of Marvel on Disney Plus or TV or whatever is like movie caliber television and I felt like that was absolutely what this was you know almost a hundred percent well I think what this episode did is similar to what WandaVision did as well you know it's interesting when you look at like the Netflix model where it was usually like episode four was when they would decide to do like a whole origin tale yeah. of how they got their powers and I noticed what they do with their origin tales here that uh, WandaVision did it I think close to its final episode if I'm not mistaken and then this is the penultimate episode as well, is it's not really about an origin tale of how they got their powers. It's more of an origin tale of why they are the way they are yeah. as people. And I think that's a way more fascinating deconstruction of our of our characters because you have two characters here you're deconstructing who are part of the same body, part of the same entity, yet the goal for both of them is to each get to a stage of acceptance. You know, they all have, they both have a different form of denial like Mark seems to have a logical understanding of what he's in denial of but it's the feeling that's yeah. the heart that's the thing is he can't do is like he knows up here you know like that's it's like a lot of the time I'll, I'll talk with individuals who have um, I'm talking about if I have patients or something. <laughs> um, my followers. I talk with my followers about their psychological problems. Absolutely. Um, no, a lot of times you talk with people, and even for myself, uh, a lot of times I, I might logically know, like, oh, yeah, I know why I am the way I am. But the key to uprooting that is sometimes, depending on, like, what type of therapeutic process you're going through, is you have to relive those memories. Uh, not to dwell in it, but to accept it, and so you could let it go. And that's what they're doing here but just on a pure visual medium and where it's very physical of diving directly into it mm. and it's both of them having to face the reality like Steven is the opposite he feels he's very he is vulnerable um, but up here is where it's all blocked whereas with Mark his up here in case for the for our podcast yes. listeners <laughs> up here meaning the mind is yes, where he's all yes. blocked whereas with Mark uh, in the mind he knows, but in the heart he can't feel. He he has to fight against the feelings. So I think that's where the balance, I mean, it's one way to interpret it, I yeah. feel like. The balance comes down to the mind and heart having to coexist as one, the logic and emotion, both learning to be in harmony with one another, where Stephen represents like a different emotional side of him, and Mark is all in the head <laughs> about yeah. it. And so I love that 
that, and so that's where the, the crack happens on the day of the funeral. Just that inability to to rectify the two. Yeah, it's 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 powerful. It's powerful, powerful stuff. And I love how even in the psych ward, quote unquote, of wherever you want to call it, is that there, even dealing with Doctor Harrow, that's still a form of them repress. Like every time they get closer. Yeah to uncovering and facing truths, they go back to that room. To room. <laughs> they go back to the room, so they still need the guide, they still need the push. Uh, they still That's still them, both of them, fighting against the truth, because even Stephen, when it comes time for his big truth, the thing he can't face, which is the death of their mom, uh, he fights against it and escapes, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a neat correlation. Yeah. Uh, as to what's happening and to get the answer to of like this is mom real what's going on there you know mm -hmm. and, and it is interesting the choices of the female interest they've had with the and I, I don't know how intentional this is um there is something similar in appearance and look that they've done with the first person that's asked out, who I still think is Jake Lockley, uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in the first episode, who asked out to dinner, you know, get meat, get the steak. And Layla and the mom, they all are kind of similar in appearance. I don't mean that in like a racial stereotyping way. I honestly don't know the races you of the other two. Of the act, I don't know the races of the act, yeah. other actors. Uh, but there is a likeness that does kind of reflect who his mom is mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. So it's it is it is like very psychologically poignant, and then of course you know all you get all the cool Egyptian stuff. Yeah. Too of going to like I, I kept I, I did start. There's only one point where I started getting pulled out. Going is. Is Doctor Strange gonna do this? Because you, you see those like zombie characters in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. And you're like, oh, they're gonna look the same. They're gonna yeah, have the same design. Is, is this what, what this is? Yeah, yeah, are yeah. are yeah. we going there? Crossover time. Is yeah. it time for the MCU to break through and become an alternate personality of this show? Well, I, I you know, they, that's what they look like. What is that called? The because you know, the, the duot, the duot, yeah. the the sea of the the, the dead, sea of the dead souls. Yeah. We well, see it's. It's an interesting prospect because if you're looking at Mark Spector as, a, as just a pure individual, you know, or, or like most sh movies and shows will take the approach of you are a thing I have created. I have to let you go so I can be in harmony with myself and be one complete where I don't feel like the show is going that path, especially because it's penultimate. Uh, I don't think the show is going that path. I think that the, re the bigger realization has to be presuming because where, where the wrench gets thrown in here is like let's presume for a moment mm -hmm. that him being at the field of reeds at the very end is indeed real mm -hmm. you know or is this still part of his mind uh i'll go off the presumption that it's real now it's like how does he get out of there because he has to come back <laughs> you know there's the penultimate episode he has to come back to earth you know join force who you stop harrow you gotta do all that shit i don't i don't feel like the answer though what i with the unique approach with this is i don't think the answer is to put steven away 
you know. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't without without going too much into you know the spoilery comic book things. I, I feel like they're going towards something that will probably mean yeah that, that these characters will continue to coexist in Mark's mind. And if anything, I wonder if they're gonna bring in that theme of leaning into that chaos in your heart and mind that kind of comes up in the book. Yeah. Because that I could see as a clear route of you know perpetuating this character and and making it a thing that can easily keep on going and two I feel like maybe at the end then we might get a Jake Lockley tease and and, and as much as we've sat here and been like where's Jake uh, I've at least as of this episode really enjoyed the choice or or I feel it rewarding that they kept it to Mark and Steven and had that be such a lucid interplay and two like I'm, I'm excited to go back through the show and just pick up all the different like the I have to imagine there's an expert kind of correlation between all the different little visual motifs or faces of people who show up or you know it's like you know it's like the scales popping up or you've got the the uh, um, uh, Stephen Grant like toys and things like that that show up and all these different things um, but too, just like I loved what Ethan Hawke was able to do here too, because it's, I enjoy this version more than I enjoy Her uh, Arthur Harrow, to be honest. To say because Arthur Harrow becomes a little one-note comical. The further you get <laughs> from the main plot, the more I'm like, I love what Ethan Hawke. Like, yeah, he's like he's good on the mortal plane as you know this this pseudo avatar of Amit or whatever. But him as Doctor uh, Harrow, I, I think, has been terrific to watch because you know. When you're removed from the circumstances of the plot, it also it's like you have that to inform your perception of the performance, and so it adds to this whole off-putting, uneasy, uncomfortable. Like it, the episode does manage something I think is really hard, which is kind of translating what a sort of insanity or or at least being I have to imagine at least the way they portray it here, you know, the, the, this interclashing of personalities has to be sort of jarring for a person and you know having so many loops where you have to question your own sanity it's very jarring and I thought they captured that really well and I loved how you almost have Ethan Hawke at the center of it with just the most warm and and beautiful presence that becomes benevolent at times like it almost seems like he legitimately does get Steven at least to that point like that whole scene with the phone I thought was really beautifully handled and when he finally holds it himself and hears the dial tone like I thought that was a, a, a beautifully supportive scene between the two of them and yeah it, like it's it's he, Harrow you know for whatever his plan is on actual earth you know I, I feel like could be one of the most memorable MCU villains uh, to me anyway partly because of all this stuff is like man that is a character whether or not yeah. you know like the main plot stuff is all that satisfying in the next episode or just amounts to we gotta vanquish him we did it <laughs> you know well i think with dr harrow it it's so perfectly suitable to have the project like marks and steven's own projection hmm. of the doctor i mean i'm under the assumption that you know, Mark Spector did have a doctor at one point in his life, and that's what we're dealing with. They gave enough clues indicating like where this hospital is located and a very, I forget, a very specific name of the hospital. Like it sounds like this is a, an actual part of his past. Mm -hmm. To have the villain, be, uh, to have the doctor have the face of the the villain on Earth, Arthur Harrow, mm -hmm. because that doctor for someone who is in that much of a denial process 
considers them a threat to their well-being because they fear having to go inside and twist the reality that they have made up in their own minds like yeah. th this is the reality that I, i'm not talking about like specifically a person with did i'm obviously not that educated on specifically that subject but on on a basic human level um yeah i would i think that's what they are they're doing with him so i think have because i kept wondering like why choose ethan hawk to specifically be him because when you're in a situation like that you view that person like the villain especially because i imagine that mark did not voluntarily go see this doctor mm -hmm. i imagine that he was sort of you know as a young person was put there or to to you know be studied or to try to work through this but didn't admit himself at the age of a consenting adult yeah absolutely as the sort of last resort we're just going to put you here and that's probably going to make the whole thing seem colder and more adversarial yes and without having like of parental figures to truly trust i think that that bleeds over to in the previous episodes like you see it here with Conchu taking advantage of him mm. manipul preying on his weak emotional weaknesses because it was a cool correlation of how he's physically weak. he's literally physically dying but he doesn't prey on that he's preying on the internal weaknesses of mark specter at that moment mm. and even with layla in the psych ward she takes advantage of him as well you know yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like you yeah I, I i wouldn't say like the mom like takes advantage but in a way she does because she imposes all blame for what happened to the dead son the brother on her and it's cool that what they've done with steven is he's not just a coping mechanism he's also a void for he fills the void for what losing the brother left behind he found a brother there so i i think what mark has to get to is a point of realizing like steven you're not a separate person you're not not me yeah, yeah. i am you as well and, and, and like they have to and like steven was accepting that on the boat he was accepting that you see him doing that like if i i can do so that's why that's why he gets the bad he's able to like mess up some of those those um deadites so i don't yeah, know what they are lost souls. <laughs> i thought that was a cool effect just yeah. a quick sidebar like of all the things i've seen in these uh, shows and movies to create some fun pulpy violence without it being like gushy i thought the whole like sand zombies thing was great like looked wonderful yeah mm -hmm. it did so yeah i mean i think this is a an amazing ass episode i, I really love this one um yeah quite a lot i thought it was all going to be about who's the hippo and how do we uncover <laughs> who are you just tell us already but i called the boat you did I called the boat you called the boat man you are observant you're a good <sighs> cinephile called the boat you did man i didn't think it'd be on sand but i called the boat <laughs> yeah. okay there's little pirates just sprinkled in. I, I couldn't help but think a little bit about pirates during a couple of those exterior <laughs> but we also got the ancestral plane shout out that was cool yeah that was nice it seems like the MCU has like some version of a, I don't know, some dimensional underworld. Pocket like, like there's pocket world, yeah. pocket dimensions of their under. It's not like, you know, it's not like traditional Christianity, which is Earth, Heaven, Hell. You know, yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the three, you like yeah, what you yeah. get. And it's not just Egyptology. It seems like the, the, how they embrace this is there's like 
pocket dark dimensions or, or something else, you know, afterlife dimensions. It feels like the metaphysics is informed by whoever's perspective is experiencing them. Yeah, yeah like the ancestral plane within Black Panther, uh, wherever freaking Thanos saw um, uh, Gamora in Infinity War mm. after uh, being on, <laughs> it's like the Vormir. Vormir of Voldemort. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Rohan. <laughs> yeah, after being on Vormir and then here, it's like they have, and it seems like Doctor Strange will probably explore more of that too. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, yeah, this was a phenomenal episode. I thought it was phenomenal, and I'll end it with this. I have not seen, uh, last time I felt this way was with the Netflix shows. Mm. Um, I really hope that when Emmy season rolls around, and I don't really give a shit if I rarely watch a war. I only watched the Oscars this year because <laughs> I was in a voting pool and I just wanted to, I was just hanging out with friends drinking. And I, <laughs> fortunately, it was the best Oscars ever. Fortunately, <laughs> yeah. we got the slap in it. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I, I really do hope that they consider Oscar Isaac because yeah. he is incredible in here. He's, he's absolutely incredible. It's not easy what he has to do. And it, kudos to the, because I can get distracted from time to time of, you know, I rarely become aware that there, that there was a time with any scene with Mark and Steven that Oscar Isaac had to do is take some work. And then he had to do a say, Steven, and then they had to splice it together. Yep. <laughs> I, I rarely become aware yeah. that they had to film it that way. I usually am just so pulled into the performances and what's going on that I don't, I don't question it. I don't think about it. I'm just buying two completely different people. And then when you have scenes like post-funeral, when he shifts in and out, mm -hmm. it's like, it, it's not only impressive. It's like I'm not even I don't know how to put it into words this is so it's just such damn good acting and he knows how to embody both and he can switch in and out of both characters oh yeah insanely well it's incredibly lucid yeah yeah for sure and now I just hope that next week they can really like I it's, hope they stick the fucking landing, I, hope they stick I really hope they do <laughs> it's funny because like this is an episode where where it's like you know whatever led before it and whatever is happening after it I was like so like this is one of my favorite all time just episodes of the MCU thus far and yeah now I'm just like there seems like there's a lot left to do though <laughs> like yeah, in one I'm, episode I am a little nervous <laughs> if they can stick the landing and not just turn into because it seems like it's set up to become the problem that some of these things fall into, which is big battle episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what like, I don't. I need to get to Conchu and become Moon Knight. I don't want it to be a bunch of chaos now, and, yeah. and, and, and then have like all plot and and little like you know. Yeah. I want to carry some of this juiciness into that next episode, and to really feel like you know the the all the elements because you know you start out with more of the fun and the mystery, and then you get into the deep psychological, and I hope that the last episode combines both. Yes. You know, yes, it's it's neat when you think about the character of Mr. Knight in the comic too, of like a, a badass detective in a way. Yeah, you know, whereas like Moon Knight is pretty accurately portrayed uh, via through Mark Spector here. Uh, when you think about Mr. Knight and how different Mr. Knight is here versus the comic, uh, where he's much more comical. But that goes to accentuate the psychological association of 
embodying uh, a personality that is like fantasy fulfillment because mm. that's what Stephen Grant is. Yeah, he's an embodiment of fantasy fulfillment and and uh, you know right down to the name being pulled from uh, some movie that apparently young Mark Spector was obsessed with that yeah. no one seen. <laughs> best movie though. Yeah. Dr. Grant. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Grant. And it's funny because Dr. Grant is what look like Layla's dad in the comic, whatever her actual name is that I'm blanking on right now in the comic. But yeah, Marlene. guys. Marlene, I think, yeah. yeah. I want to say Whitney, but yeah, I think you're right. Whitney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They named Bushman. Bushman, they Bushman. did. Not yeah. Frenchie. Even though Frenchie's in the phone. Yeah, I think that. I think that's all that's gonna be. I think DeCamp will come in later, maybe. But but, but he yeah. he says Bushman is his partner. Hmm. And they called that too in the new Rockstars breakdown. We at least really brought it up that in like. I thought it was Bushman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Just research. <laughs> yeah, do research, you rock stars. Yeah. You guys don't know what you're talking about. What do you guys we, got? We clearly know more. We can pick up a thing where you might have glossed over yeah. it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel now? Um, Probably don't even notice. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Keep a lookout for our finale reaction. Uh, Koi, you're not missed at all. You can rot in hell. Yeah. I hope, hope you, you fall into the two eyes. Your soul is sucked. Yeah. Down in the suck. I hope you're. I hope you're doing miserably right now. Never make it to the field of read. And yeah, we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you so much for being here. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house. The happy family. The money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.